0: what's up what's up it's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of bars rhymes and life where we break down the bars relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives
1: uh-huh.
0: welcome to another episode of bars rhymes and life Alan, how you feeling today, my brother? Feeling good. Danger Mouse and Black Thought, Cheat Codes. Your pick this week. Hit me, Alan.
2: So this track, I think, actually came up. Actually, no, it wasn't this track. Another track off this album came up on my TikTok page uh, of all places. And I think I immediately forwarded it to you. It was like, have you seen this? And then I realized there was a whole album, Cheat Codes, as soon as I saw, you know, Danger Mouse, Black Thought, just click, instant click. Like I'm not, I'm not waiting. I want to, I want to listen to it. We came across Danger Mouse recently on the Danger Doom track, uh, the collaboration with MF Doom, and there's also another Posthumous collaboration with MF Doom on this album, which I'm sure we'll come across at some point on this pod. But this song in particular is the title track from the album Cheat Codes. And I just think it goes really hard. The one that I heard originally was with ASAP Rocky and Run The Jewels. Great track. And just the whole album is, there's no skippable songs on there for me. And I just immediately, immediately loved it. So I thought, got to bring it to the pod. And this song, seeing as a title track, and it's such a such a great vibe, I thought, why not?
0: Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to go wrong with Black Thought. And then you you lace it. With the knowledge that you've given me about Danger Mouse, the album that he did with Jay-Z and how validated he is. For them two to be on the same project together, different. I wanted to highlight that. I thought that this was a great track. There's another track that I've mentioned to you that I was like, Alan, bro, why did you not pick that one, bro? Yeah, but, you know, like I said, this is this is a forever thing. So there's, I'm sure there's an opportunity for it to come going in the future. And, and not because I didn't think much of this track either. It's just a case of that tune does something to me if the one that I'm mentioning. But again, we'll just keep it like on this still minute and wait for it to uh, pop up when it <laughs> needs to pop up. I grabbed this off Rap Genius. Uh, the song details the tough life of an average Afro-American. At times, Black Thought compares such life to a video game so hard the only way to get to its end is with the help of cheat codes. But for me, personally, I think Black 4 is also explaining a lot of what he perceives as self-sabotaging behaviours that Afro-Americans are exposed to, too, as well. So I can't wait to kick in, bro. Who's up first? I'm up. Young Gunners in Beast Mode, K9
2: Teeth Show, Cheat Code, Playing With Unlimited Free Throws.
1: Young Gunners in Beast Mode, K9 Teeth Show, Cheat Code, Playing With Unlimited Free Throws.
0: Bars. I might say bars after every line, bro. I I wrote
2: bars after every single line. Um, oh, it's such a really punchy opening, and it fits this beat really well. I like this beat; it's got a slightly grimy industrial feel to it. The way the way it drives forward, and Black Thought's delivery is perfect for that. And like you just said, it just sets up that cheat codes video game metaphor. You know, you've got unlimited three throws. It's really well done. And like you said, the idea being that life is a video game, but it's not a level playing field. So you might need cheat codes, you know, you might need to cut corners. But I also thought it could be a reference to, you know, people who are at the top, but they have cheat codes because of all the advantages they have. And because like the rules don't necessarily apply to them in the same way. If you have some like big, big kind of advantage you're born with, it is like having a cheat code and it could give you unlimited free throws it makes me think of donald trump uh, it, it it doesn't matter how many times he screws up his base still supports him you know he still managed to get to the white house despite being really seemingly a not intelligent person and doing all sorts of shit that other politicians would have just it would have just ruined their careers he was untouchable at that time when he was running to be the re- republican candidate he was untouchable no matter what came to the surface, hidden tapes, dodgy deals, it didn't matter. He was untouchable. He he had unlimited free throws.
0: It's just bars, man. Absolute bars. I mean let's factor in the fact that weird I wouldn't want to say weird, but caught out that he's had some sort of paid off relationship with a porn star that came out to the front. The fact that he's got a button in the White House that is a Diet Coke button. Uh, everything you said validated facts who's next you're up pay the price gamble with your life like pete rose bust a move paper bubble like the cleat i don't really follow major league baseball too much but did you know who pete rose is alan i don't rose made 17 all-star appearances and At an unequalled five positions. Rose won both of his gold gloves when he was an outfielder in 1969 and 1970. In August 1989, his last year as a manager and three years after retiring as a player, Rose was penalised with permanent illegibility from baseball amidst accusations that he gambled on baseball games while he played for and managed the reds the charges of wrongdoings included claims that he bet on his own team in 91 the baseball hall of fame formally voted to ban those people that are on a permanently illegible list from induction into the hall of fame after years of public denial rose admitted in 2004 that he he betted on baseball games what is the fucking point of admitting it to all of it like admitting to it all that time later Because he said in his book that he hoped his admissions would help end his ban from baseball so he could reapply for reinstatement and make the Hall of Fame. And the point I wanted to make there, Alan, was the fact that, or the point that I think Black Thought is trying to make, is that short-term gains at the expense of others, or that go against society's rules, always lead to long-term pains. Yeah? Short-term gains usually lead to long-term pains. And when it's all said and done, robbing that house and making 30k of, from all the goods that you stole doesn't account for the three years you do in prison and the lack of future earning potential that you're limited to just because you have a criminal record. Betting on games that you play in professionally and specifically being told not to bet on cost Rose a shot at the Hall of Fame. Short-term gains at the expense of others lead to long-term pain. And that's Black Fort teaching it in two lines. And then, just as a random one, did you know what Vive Cliquos is?
2: I can't even say it, I don't know what yeah, it is.
0: It's, um, it's a champagne brand. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's the It was created, uh, that particular brand created the first ever vintage champagne and is owned by Moe Hennessy Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton bought them out in 1987, 1986, I think. Random. But I just, again, I think this is a track and this is something that I always scream about with Black Thought. is he teaches me something. He teaches me a lot. And I just, I've already, it's only two two lines and look how much I've learned. Yeah, 100%.
2: This, this line reminds me a bit of uh, what we talked about on I think on Birds and the Bees episode about how if you're living a life of crime, then one of the consequences of that, or each time you go to work as it were, you risk Getting closer to jail, and it's it's that kind of what you're saying, and you pay the price for gambling with your life. It's just bars, isn't it?
0: Absolute fires, man. You're up again. Theologians point to the trap house that God is in. Go on, take his name in vain, like a phlebotomist.
1: Theologist, point to the trap house that God is in. Go on, take his name in vain, like a phlebotomist.
0: So just as a random offset. Uh, comment didn't we used to take the piss out of you uh, calling you a theologist when you did your degree in philosophy Alan that was wasn't that mine and shams little finger against you it was because
2: I very nearly took a, a joint degree in philosophy and theology but changed it at the last minute to sociology and philosophy <laughs> and I'm so glad I did
0: <laughs> that was just like a radic joke it just reminded me whenever I hear theology I always think of Alan I don't even know why it's not even applicable but it's just a running joke but I wanted to ask for your thoughts on this. To me, the first line describes an almost condescending thought that theologians are using to describe that God is in all of us. Like in that trap house, God is in all of us. How can a place that causes nothing but ill health, pain, disease, and more often than not, violence, can be a place where God, quote-unquote, God exists? Because then he follows it on with, because he then follows it and says, take his name in vain like a phlebotomist, which is a really cheeky double entendre for me there because there's taking God's name in vain. But also a phlebotomist's job is to draw blood from you sampling uh, for sampling and testing purposes, who also has a use for your vein to obtain. So it's like that That double-on-tandre hundred is just absolutely sick. But going back to the point that I wanted to make was, I feel like I've mentioned this before, is that solely putting your faith in God and not taking accountability for anything else can lead you to... A specific train of thought that can lead you to your blood or your life being completely sucked away from you because you're just literally being rigid with the thought of you know dogmas and god and you know everything that it entails and stuff so i just thought isn't a crazy set of bars yeah it's interesting i read
2: this i thought another potential way that uh, you could take it is that like he is the god and he's you know god god mc and He's kind of like a warning not to not to come at him. Don't take his name in vain. But yeah, lots of ways to read it, man.
0: Mad set of bars. You're up again? I'm the one that tell you what time it is. Never been into selling you promises. It's hot as pots of grit. That's not a myth. Blackness is not a monolith a lot of n-words probably got to see psychologists I'm the one that tell you what time it is never been into
1: selling your promises it's hot as a pot of bits. that's not a myth blackness is not a monolith a lot of niggas probably got to see psychologists
0: semi-snap on that I think you're going to be proud of me for this one Alan the first line I think is a reference to a tune by the roots of the album game theory called Clock With No
1: Hand yeah Sitting in a staircase, holding back tears, looking over mad years, worth of photographs, pictures of some places I ain't never going back, some people I used to love, why I ain't show them that?
0: And I think the theme in that song is about loneliness, false promises, and holding on to trauma that you should be talking about, or at least decompressing and analysing with someone. Having gone through all of what he describes in that song, Black Thought is giving us a blueprint, aka quote unquote, a cheat code. To know that oppression for people of color in America is not a myth. To know that blackness is not a monolith. And to know that it's important to speak to someone about stuff.
2: Yeah, I snapped you on the, I think the middle of that. Not selling you promises and blackness is not a monolith. I kind of just, I love the, the rhyme scheme of not a myth, a monolith. It's just, it's one of those things you don't hear very often. It's great. But there's so much truth here. I think it's common for people to treat others in a monolithic way. And it can be done by people who are, like, being bigoted or insensitive, but it can also be done by people who are, like, trying to be supportive, you know, they're they're not trying to be mean or trying to be cruel, they're trying to be supportive, but they're just doing it in in a maybe not very thoughtful way, so, for example, you might be trying to advocate for racial equality, but at the same time you're making broad generalizations about black Americans, right? And it's just that. It's a generalization. And that can be unhelpful and patronizing. And it's just something I think to something to be aware of if you're talking broadly about any group, whether it's like an age group like millennials, you talk broadly about millennials. You think that's a big group and then a lot of variance within that group if you're talking about men, women, whatever group you're talking about, they always contain multitudes and there's so much variance within them. And yeah. Black Thought signs it up again in one bar. Blackness is not a monolith.
0: Bars. Who's next?
2: I'm up. Shit, it's real when you done lost your last feeling. Jump, then bounce back off the glass ceiling. Back to stealing, to Xanax and smack dealing. That's appealing. Go grab your kids and shield them.
1: To understand why we wallowing where the bottom is. And common sense isn't what they're teaching in college? Is. Shit, it's real you last feeling jump back off the glass ceiling back to that's a
2: the kids again just bars and bars and bars it's so good like when you're at your wits end and you've tried to make it work and you just keep getting knocked back it captures that feeling so well and in this case it's the glass ceiling knocking you back you know the unseen barriers that that limit people from marginalized groups, from progressing. And then it could be like unseen prejudice. It could be anything from unseen prejudices to simply just not having the time to learn. Uh, and so you go back to the old ways, you know, stealing, drug dealing, like we said before, that, that life of crime because the legit way just isn't working. There's a limit there. And then you, you you have to have to take the other route. And then this play on that's appealing. And when he says it in his accent, it sounds like a pill in... Zanax and pills. Ugh, it's brilliant. It's just absolute bars.
0: Unbelievable shit, man. Who's next? You're up. Where hustling became an art, the mantra is not managed, not defanged. Where shit ain't for the faint of heart.
1: Well, art. The
0: so, a common thing that I've mentioned previously before with black thought it's just about learning so whenever i learn something new i always want to share it especially on the pod because i think it's just something that we've always subscribed to which is lifelong learning in any format and you should never pretend to you know think that you're too smart for anything or like whatever so i didn't know what defanged mean but did you alan i read
2: it as defanged so i probably completely got it wrong <laughs> in that case
0: <laughs> so defanged mean rendered harmless or ineffectual And I didn't. That is the same
2: as defanged.
0: Yeah. It might be called defanged. Like I don't know. I just. As in like removing
2: the fangs from something so it can't bite you.
0: Oh, is he double entendre that as well then?
2: That was how I read it.
0: (laughs) Boy. That is nuts if that's the case. Because again, at first I didn't quite understand it, but now I understand it with you saying it as defanged because where where hustling became an art, the mantra is not managed, which is the fact that if you take someone being fanged as a vampire and you take hustling as a vampire type what's the word metaphor then one bite leads to another bite or leads to another bite and that's what colonizes and keeps the mantra managed and the man the managing of hustling is an art um where ain't for the faint of heart that's nuts bro that is insane He's different, man. He's just straight up different, isn't he?
2: Yeah. He's talking about, like, it's real. It's it's too real. And like like he says, don't take it lightly because it's not, uh, there are no pulled punches. There's there's no, like, defanged bites. It's all real.
0: Absolute truths, man. You're up again. Chase the grim reefer with Heno's side. We need it like a hole in the head, thorn in his side. It all take its toll in the end. Strong N word die. die. Drugs, 9 times out of 10, and I want to say that including alcohol, is always some form of escapism. Very rarely is it anything other than that. And mainly for most cases, like with everything else in the world, if it's done in moderation, it's usually okay. But if you're trying to escape depression, or trauma, then guess what? The grim reefer is definitely gonna go get you eventually. I just think that's an unbelievable bar because it's such a unique way of describing what drugs do to you. And any type of drug. I'm not I don't want to specifically just label it weed or cocaine or whatever. I'm talking about anything, anything that is addictive in its nature. If 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 you're trying to escape something that's really, really embedded in you, then eventually, eventually it's going to get you. And then, you know, the whole thing about it all takes its toll in the end, strong N-words die. I, I really do think there is this crazy perception about being a heavyweight compared to being a lightweight in regards to drinking, smoking, anything. And I don't think this is what he's trying to get at, is that like, it all takes its toll in the end. You might have that guy who can neck 45 uh, sambucas and you go oh what a legend he's this guy that can just take all this stuff but eventually it's going to get you there's no way that you could just keep living that specific life and keep just whacking yourself out with loads of drugs or whatever it might be to escape a situation eventually it's going to catch you i just think it's an incredible incredible bar yeah there's a
2: lot going on in this line um the, the henna side obviously is potentially an allusion to suicide, but via alcohol. And so when he says it takes its toll and then strong in words die, it, it could also be in the sense that, that they take their own lives. Despite you thinking that they're super strong, it takes its toll. And then there's also this hole in the head, thorn in the side. I feel like there's some kind of Jesus metaphors going on in there. But I just didn't, I wasn't able to pull it all out. But oh, it's a great line. Bars, absolute bars. I'm up. In the hood, mouthful of blood, tasting the same sting, playing the game, trying hard to hang by the same string. You better get the cheat code or get recode. Bad credit, get your shit repode. Listen.
1: In the hood, mouthful of blood, tasting the same sting, playing the game, trying hard to hang by the same string. You better get the cheat code or get recode, nigga. Bad to get your
0: shit repo. Listen. I snap you on the last two bars there, bro
2: like i said before it's just it's that that last you know what he says you you've lost your last feeling you're hanging by the last string you you're really at you are at your wit's end and you're playing the game but the game is rigged and like you said you you need the cheat codes or you get recoded and, and RICO being referenced to the the RICO laws which are um introduced in 1970 to to specifically tackle or organized crime so it, it allows for extended sentences for crimes that are attached to a, a larger crime organization like the mafia and allows for money and property to be claimed from those who are accused. So like your shit can, can literally get repossessed if you get uh, recode as it were, but also your shit can get repossessed for having bad credit. And uh, I had bailiffs come to my house recently looking for a previous occupant. And it just made me think like how, how lucky I am not to be in that sort of situation um, cause even when you know, like, I know that this isn't, they're not here for me and I haven't done anything wrong. You still feel like a bit tense, like, Oh God, what's going on? There's people at my house with cameras on their chests and stuff. And I think it also, to me, it kind of justified my reluctance to, to buy anything on credit. I'm, I'm very like wary of doing it. I'm um, I think my degree might be the only expensive thing I've bought on credit and the student loans are a slight exception anyway. So yeah, I think throughout this this line and just the whole song, Black Dot is just dropping, he's dropping reality about the game, as it were. Like we said before about having your income come from illegitimate sources and, and the risks associated with that. But what Black Dot says is sometimes that's the only way. And if you're
0: going to do it, better have the cheat codes. Just great bars, great song. Yeah, absolute facts. I pretty much snapped you on everything that you said there and probably just tying it off is to anyone. I know Black Thought may have wrote this more specifically to Afro Americans, but I doubt he'd be discriminating to anyone else. Just listen to these bars, obtain and apply these cheat codes in life. Talk to people, avoid short term gains at the expense of others. Except that if you are of color, you are probably going to be faced with a multitude of decisions where the easy choice and the most obvious choice at the time is actually the wrong choice. And if you if you don't follow that, you will get recode. And we don't want that to happen to anyone that's listening. We want everyone that's listening to be successful, happy, and content to the fullest. So, you know, straight up facts. Nothing but love to Danger Mouse and all his fans. Nothing but love to Black Thought and all his fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. Nothing but love to you, Alan. One. Peace.
1: ah 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 ah